You ready to get this thing going? Get it on. There it is. Mm-hmm. So, people have asked me over the weekend after we went fishing what the name of the town was where Goose Pond is. What, what town is that? It straddles Lee and Tyringham. The boat ramp is in Tyringham. The, uh, the other side of the lake is Lee. Tyringham. I never would have guessed that. I, I tell them that it's like 10 minutes from Lee. Like I told the you Lee we were exit. on our way up the road. I was like, I think we're in Tyringham now. And we looked up and we saw the sign said, now entering. But that was the first time I've ever seen this town, Tyringham. I didn't even know it was Tyringham. a town. Stick with me. I'll expand your whole concept of the towns in Western Massachusetts. The Goose Pond Review coming up. Yes. We went fishing. Had a good time. It was, it was a good time. Dun, 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 the, the No GMO Fishing Show. Pat Kelly, ladies and gentlemen. Bob Kester, ladies and gentlemen. What's going on? It was a on? good time fishing up there in the Berkshires with you. It was such. It was almost spooky because what time did we get to Goose Pond? We got there just before sunup. It gave us an opportunity to really explore the paving and work that they're doing on the Mass Turnpike going west. Which we've been talking about. Yeah, you find all that at, at what, five, 5 in the morning? And they do that thing where they don't have like one lane closed, but they, they're working in the middle of the lane, so the lanes split. Go left or right. Go left or right at the last blink, second. Blink, 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 yep. blink, blink. And you got Jersey barriers like one inch away from each and side you know of your car. And you know you're screwed. Whatever side you pick is going to be some old jalopy doing 50. <laughs> Why yeah. is that? I don't know why. That, it just always happens to me. It's always the longer way, whichever one you take. But it was a good time. We got up there uh, early. Five, five it was dark. thirty. Yeah, it, it was, was dark. still dark. Getting the boat in the water, clear water, just as much as it was, just as clear as I remember as a kid. The moon was wicked bright. Yeah, we it had was full moon. That helped. It was like a werewolf movie because when you look over the lake. You know, they had had that mist like coming up like four or five feet right above yeah, the water. It was very squatchy. And then as you're going on the boat and the boat's like leaving a little wake and ripples, it's rippling the smoke. Yeah, the smoke curls it as you go through. It was so yeah. cool. Wasn't it? But then the, there was that one part of the lake where they, they've got that little um, little island. Oh, the Upper Goose. The Witch Island. Yeah, because they got those people that stack stones. Yeah. It's just so creepy. No, and like that on top of, you know, the mist, the full moon, mm-hmm. and I, I'm thinking, you know, the the Blair Witch Project. I like was thinking the, Jason coming up out of the water with a machete and his hockey mask, and it wasn't. And I had no confidence that you would save us if something happened. No, I'd be running. Yeah, me also. <laughs> I just have to. I just have to outrun you. Sorry to trip you, Bob. Yeah, it's all right. So, so no, this was a unique lake, and we we hadn't really talked much about it. But you grew up on that lake, basically. I, I did. I've 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 snorkeled that lake. I've fished that lake. I've walked around that lake when it used to, when they used to drain it, and the the water level would go down over the air. It would get low enough that you could walk the entire lake. Just by the water line, because wow. it, the water would recede far enough from everybody's beach and shoreline that it was just an open bowl. Okay, so for someone who's not been there, there's an upper and a lower. Um, you, we put in at the lower. Tell tell us as a guy who grew up there, like about the topography of the lake, like how deep is it, and what spots, and where do you that kind of stuff. The boat ramp, which is in Tyringham, is by the dam that would drain out for the old paper mill that is no longer in existence. Mm-hmm. So now that the water level doesn't drain, it stays right up to where it is at the boat ramp, which is a newly done boat ramp. They've redone that recently. Yeah. Nice it, job. It was never done quite that well in the past. Now it's beautiful. That whole end of the lake is 10 to 15 feet deep. 
that whole end of the lake has weeds that are probably lower to the bottom in the spring. Now those weeds are starting to reach the surface. Pickerel, bass of all types, perch, sunnies, that's what you're going to get there. As you make your corner and start to go into the deeper part of the, of the lake, it drops down to 40 feet, 50 feet. And it's got steep sides. And you were you kind of liked that idea of having the steep sides. You could spit onto land, but you were in 30 feet of water. I've never seen anything like that. It I, drops I mean, off. I guess I've, I've been like on a cliff, obviously, and looked down that drops off. But never water like that. That We were five feet off the shore and in yeah. 30 feet of water. Right. It's just a ledge. And we're trying to like we're trying to you know bounce crawdads down and hoping maybe there'd be a smallie waiting down there at the bottom. It's an it. interesting... It's an interesting setup because if you take your fish finder and you go along that wall that had that uh, leisure Lee beach, there's a spot which gets deep. It's like 60, 65 feet. And then it comes up to like 30. And then it goes back down to 60 or 50. And that's because of all the people who live on the lake would dump their Christmas trees in the same spot over and over and over. And it starts to build up this structure down deep that you would always get hung up on. If you didn't know that it was there and you came by with your downriggers, you would lose all your hooks because it would hit this huge, massive structure of intertwined Christmas trees. I mean, but I would think that there'd be a ton of fish there, right? Sure. I mean, that's why. Oh, they, yeah. Is that why they did that, to kind of create habitat for smaller There's fish? There's a or? rumor that that might have been their focus. I mean, you have to get rid of your Christmas tree at some point, right. and I don't know if they've got the trucks to come up there and take your Christmas tree. And I discussed with you, there's no campfires up on Goose Pond at all. So what do you do? Well, you chuck it in the, in the, in the, in the lake, I guess. So one of the things that I noticed, um, and that you obviously are familiar with is how the weeds came probably up to about four feet below the top of the surface, but to the top of the water but then extended down another eight feet. Yeah. So like any fisherman looks at this thing and you are just drooling. It was great. Like it is. And I didn't have as much. So how many fish did you finally catch at the end of the day? Three. You got at least a couple pickerel and a bass. I got got a small, no, I got two largemouth bass and a pickerel or two. You caught a did you you caught a pumpkin seed also? Yeah, I did. I got a pumpkin That's seed on my, on my was it a shad wrap? I caught a pumpkin seed. No, on. or was it? I thought it was the, the two dollar. Oh, the two dollar. about your two dollar oh, lure. So I go to Dick's Sporting Goods, right? Yeah. And I'm I'm going up and down the aisles. You at, love at Dick's. Dick's, I do. I I can't get enough of Dick's. So I'm at Dick's and I'm going up and down the aisle and I get to the usual four dollar lures. Yeah. I'm like, okay, one of those, one of those. And I go around the corner and I see these two dollar. Crawdads of various colors, all the same size, but their claws had little O-rings, so they were separate from the body. So the claws shake like the that. The claws, you... they shake. They were, it, it, I figured this would look awesome in the water, and sure enough, it did. It looked great pulling this thing through the water. And the fish loved it. My $2 lure was the most popular lure fishing Goose Pond that day. And it, here's, here's how I go. As soon as you told me... You're like, oh, I got this $2 lure right away. I'm thinking, that'll never work. <laughs> yeah. No freaking way. But that thing had amazing action on it. It did. It really had with those jiggly arms on the front. The one over here on West Side, is that the one he went to? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Was it a bin? Like a- No, you know how they got the, the rows of the hooks and the rows of rubber and the rows of lime? Yeah. The end of it, where they got the tackle boxes along the long wall, it's an end. Okay. 
It's it, an end cap. It's an end display. Okay. Facing the wall. I mean, you, you got to go looking for it. So you had the chartreuse one. Was it in different flavors or just that one it color? It had a couple different colors to it. I just happened to catch that one because I like bright, shiny things. God, did I feel like a jerk? Like, because I'm like, oh, two bucks. And, and then you show me, it seemed like kind of gimmicky that the, uh, the legs moved. Yeah. But man, that thing looked like it was dancing when you were pulling it Right? In. Well, you know, I got a little finesse. Yeah. So I put a little of my skill behind this wonderful $2 lure. Um, another one of the techniques that you use, what was, do you know what the name of that tie-up that you do with the with the two sluggos? Oh, the uh, um, the double rubber's got a name for it. They're not sluggos. They were um, like zoom flukes. Zoom flukes, right. Yeah. It's... Uh, the double fluke rig is pretty easy. You tie on one on the end. Right. And then about 10 inches to a foot up the line, you tie a drop loop. And all that is is just picking a piece of the line, making an overhand knot. And then what you do is you take the, the loop, poke the loop through the hole of the fishing hook, and then put the entire lure through that, hook, that loop, pull it tight, and now you've got a double setup. And so when Bob would work it in, it looked like two fish just darting in different directions within four inches of each other. Looked yummy, didn't like it? They were, like they were a part of a school. Right, yeah. You, I mean, could you put like three or four on there? Technically, no. You're, you're only supposed to do those two because there's there's certain rules of how many hooks you're allowed to fish. Oh, with. yeah, Bob. You Yeah, you abide by all the rules. I do. Yeah, hey, sure you do. I challenge anybody to, challenge, to, to look at my rig oh, and challenge, it's... I'm gonna I'm gonna videotape you next time we're on the Connecticut River. Go and ahead. Next time you put that, I forget what it was. You had something. You had a you had a eight like a twelve inch sluggo attached to something else. And I remember saying at the time, did that's the illegal double, in some states. Did I do the double sluggo? You might have. I might because that that looked like two huge creatures chasing each other. But that that thing with the super fluke, um, it looks so real. Yeah. I, I was. Well, especially with that with the. With the braided line, you can twitch it so easily that it just sends each each rubber off in a different direction. Yeah. Sometimes they swim together like parallel, and then sometimes they like go apart. Like yeah. they're like just confused. And I think it would work a lot better at night than it would in the morning. Yeah. Know. It's just a hunch I have. I would love to fish that pond like overnight. We'll have to get back there and do it again sometime. Just do like lots of top waters. I want I got one on the whopper plopper. Just one fish all day. Hey, still, isn't it exciting to get a fish on the whopper plopper? It is. Yeah, well, it's just right, the anticipation of it. Sure. And while we're speaking of dicks, I also love dicks. Um, can't get enough dicks. Can't get enough dicks. Uh, yesterday, now they have an end cap of whopper ploppers there. Okay. So I had to get mine through the internet because I hadn't seen them anywhere. They got a full end cap. So now the Whopper Plopper has infiltrated dicks. In sizes, like different sizes, styles. Like they got the straight, like tube one. Like the 110, I think, is the size I got. Yes. Yep. Um, but they've got now different, they got like shad shapes and bigger shad shapes huh. and all sorts of stuff. Um, dicks should really be underwriting the No GMO Fishing Show as much as we've talked about them today. Agreed? Yeah, because nobody can sell those $2 lures like we can because- that $2 lure was awesome. Nobody can sell like you can because, I mean. Doink, 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 doink. Bam. Oh, hey, I got a fish. I was making fun of you in my mind. Hey. Okay, so you, you got the lower and the upper part of Goose Pond and the little canal that goes through it. Now, the here's, channel. Now, here, here's where Bob Kester's like. The channel. You should work on one of those boats with like how the guy's up front with the big long stick and just kind of pushing the boat through the yeah. little area because he's working us through this little 
what was it, three feet deep? How wide was it? It's not even three feet deep. It gets pretty shallow. And it's well, think about two it. Two to three that, feet. That lake used to drain. Can you imagine going through there when it's like two or three feet down from where it was at? It gets really difficult back in the seventies and eighties. Now it's now it's consistently at least two to three feet deep. I like the upper goose pond better than the lower goose pond. Why is that? Is it because yeah. there's no houses up there? There's no houses and no boats. You know, I there will be boats up there eventually. It, it just wasn't a busy day on the lake. Yeah, but boats will get up there. Ski boats will get up there. What? Really? I've seen big fiberglass ski boats go up for a some sort of a picnic at the far end. I will kill a ski boat that goes up there. With what? Your whopper plopper? <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, try to catch this in your eye. Yeah. I only lost one lure. I lost my, uh, my shad wrap up in a tree. And it was far up. Yeah. First one I got back, but the, no, not the, not the second one. Well, the first one that you had, too, it did that thing where it wrapped around the branch. Yeah. And at that point, like, you're like, oh, oh F, that's I'm, done. I'm done. I'm done. And then I was able to just give it the right tug, and it came back at me like a bullet. Um, I talked to Kim about this when we go fishing, and anyone who's not used to having stuff stuck in trees, if you get a lure stuck in a tree, the last thing you want to do is you want to resist the temptation to right away start like pulling on it. Just you don't want to start like pulling, 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 pulling. You want to reel it in as much as you can. Point your pole right at it, and one boom, pull it. Unless you can get it, if yeah. you have it swinging on a branch, then you can time the swing over the branch like that. You can do that. You're, but you're right. The best bet when you get a, a when you get a hook up in a tree, I like to try and do the steady pull so you can see the lure go straight up. Yep. And then when you get it up to where it's going to get hung up, give it that little tug so it lops up and over the branch. As soon as someone does that pull, 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 they're done. Just Well, then you got to hope that it's 80-pound braid and you're going to pull the tree down with you. So, <laughs> that's true, too. That's when it comes snapping back at you with the six feet of, of wood. You want to laugh? Yeah. I got a joke for you. I just got to find so it. So Goose Pond, I'd give it an A-. minus. What, what, what would it have to do to get an A+. Plus? More fish in Pat's sand. Ah, yeah, I guess I could see how you like to catch fish. The pond's fault. When you go fishing. I didn't have that problem. <laughs> Jerk. All right, a fishing line and a string walk into a bar. String says to the bartender, hey, vodka, please. Bartender says, sorry, we don't serve strings around here. So the string leaves, goes around the corner, ties himself in a knot, ruffles up his top and bottom, goes back up to the bartender and says, hey, vodka. Bartender says, aren't you the string that just came in here? String says, no, I'm afraid not. I want. This is the first time I'm going to ask you to take back a joke. No, I need you. To, I need you to take it back. Give Give me the punchline one more time. No, I'm afraid not. There you go. All right, two young men are out in the woods. Okay, on a no. Okay, trip. another. You're telling another joke right yeah, now because you you didn't like that one. The two guys come across this great trout brook, and they stay there all day. They're catching fish. They're having a ball, and at the end of the day. Knowing that they'd be graduating from college soon, they vowed that they'd both meet back at the same place 20 years later and re- just relive that experience. So 20 years later, they meet, they travel to the spot near where they could have been just years before. They walk through the woods, they come upon the brook. One of them says to the other, this is the place. The other guy's like, no, 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 it's not. And the first guy's like, yeah, I recognize the clover growing on the bank on the other side. And the first guy's like, can't tell a brook by its clover. Where is it? Oh, come on. I can't even get a rim shot out of that. 
<laughs> okay. I'm going back to well, Dex. Okay, well, you know, give me the punchline again. Can't judge a brook by its clover. Like the timing on that? Clover. I got the Fraid Not one, too, by the way, because he messed his hair up. Fraid Not. Afraid Not. Brooke. Oh, We've got a lot more time here. I'm afraid not. Let's go fishing. Hey, we're going to go to uh, the Lennox Swamp. I want to try the Lennox Swamp. It's another place I used to fish as a kid, and it's got big pickerel and pike. It's just how to get to it, and we're going to try a place that we think you can use to get into it. We'll have to see if we get arrested or not. Let's get out of here and do some fishing. Let's do it.